Hi there, everyone. This is Brayden and Tally with the Voice of My Beloved podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. We are uh, continuing uh, this week to talk about the subject of prayer, a very important topic. Uh, but before we dive into that, we thought we would mention a couple love and purity events coming up just as reminders um you know and just to remind people that um if you haven't signed up already you can go to our website to get on the list so that you can get email reminders of of everything that's happening here at the base uh but we thought we'd just throw out what's coming up what's coming up what's the next thing on the list Next thing coming up is the prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. We've got that coming yeah. up just in a little bit here. Three days of prayer and fasting. I've been very pleased to see a few guys uh, signing up for that just recently. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's going to be a good good time together, just seeking God. And I'm looking forward to that. And then next we've got... Yeah, the, and then we've got Hanukkah coming up after that. Uh, week-long prayer and worship. But we are having uh, quite a few families that are signed up just for the last weekend. Um, yes, so, so if you can't fit the whole week. If you can't fit the week, yeah, then you come in for the weekend. Uh, but yeah, we're excited to see how that's going to turn out. Uh, we have a lot of children that are coming. So I'm thinking we're going to do like a children's choir or something That'd be fun. like that. Yeah, we've got to do that. <laughs> uh, so we've got that. And after that, we go into winter. And the next thing on the list is in February, the month of February, we're going to be doing a women's discipleship course. This is a first for us here doing a, well, as, as far as we've as done, love and purity high, yeah, as love and purity <laughs> ministry, United States based. Uh, so we're just going to just do a month for the girls in February, month for the guys in March. And, um, yeah, we're excited. We're going to have the geoks are going to be coming out. Um, and if you stick around, come here over the next year, you'll get to know the geoks a bit. They're going to be hanging out with us here and helping out with things. Yes, we're excited about that. Very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Very excited about that. <laughs> yeah. On the discipleship note, if you know of any young people out there that want to come and just really get uh, time in the word, time in prayer yeah. and worship uh, and just really equipping in those things. And that's, that's really our heart is just to provide a place here for those things to happen for pe- young people to be strengthened. We know it's a battle out there in our world today for young people to stand against the tides of ungodliness that are sweeping across our nation. Mm-hmm. And so we just want to be a safe place for people to come to and get rejuvenated, get spiritually refilled so that we can go back out and make a difference in the world. Yeah. Yeah. We're really excited about it. And I think, um, it's probably one of those things that we would really love to see expand. This is like the discipleship piece is something that Brain and I feel both feel really passionate about. And so, uh, this is just to start out and we'll see where God takes it, takes it from here. But yeah, we're super excited about it. All right. So we're going to dive into the message. We're going to be talking about prayer. So Brain, you can start off here. Yeah. So just starting out today, I want to really call our attention to the prayer life of Yeshua. And he is our example, right? A rabbi is your teacher. He's your example, you know, in the days of Yeshua, this whole idea of a rabbi was much more concrete than it is in our Western culture. You know, you would follow your rabbi around, the disciples are following him around, traveling with him, with him almost on a 24-7 basis. Mm-hmm. And they were learning from him in his words, but also from what he was doing. I, I like something Charles Spurgeon said even about the Sermon on the Mount, because it says there in the first part of the Sermon on the Mount, it says, he opened his mouth and taught them saying. And he said, it's not redundant that he says, or it's not superfluous that he says, 
he opened his mouth for he many times taught them without opening his mouth. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> right, right. I love that. You know, there's many things that the disciples learned from Yeshua just by walking with him. And so this is the call of discipleship. When we read the life of Yeshua in the gospels, uh, it's more than just we're learning his words, but we're actually observing the way he lived. And we see in the gospels that he was very committed to prayer. And this calls us to a realization that if he, the son of God, felt a need to pray, to be renewed in his spirit, you know, by, in prayer, then how much more do we need to be committed to prayer and to seeking God? And so he being our rabbi and teacher, we look to him as an example. And so I want to go through a few scriptures. Luke in particular gives us a glimpse into the prayer life of Yeshua more so than any other gospel. And so let's go through a few scriptures here in Luke. In Luke 6, verse 12, it says, it was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. So here he's really valuing this, even a whole night in prayer, mm-hmm. seeking God. Mm-hmm. Luke five sixteen, but Yeshua himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. And, you know, just one of the questions asked is, you know, we, we know he had multitudes following him. You know, today, in today's time, if you have multitudes of people just wanting to flock around you to hear your message, you'd be thinking, wow, I've got to take advantage of this. I've got to share with them, you know, what I've learned, what I've, what I've got, because, I mean, it's really popular, right? <laughs> so, so, but we, with Yeshua, we see something different. He values that place of pulling away even in a place of great popularity. And so he, he sees the need for himself to pull away, to get away from the crowds and set aside time to seek God. Because really, the bottom line is he values his relationship with God, his father, above the relationship that he has with the people that are around him, that are following him. And so for us, the same. We can't allow the people around us to override the relationship that we have with God. Mm-hmm. You know, the relationship we have with God has to be first. Mm-hmm. And so we see that in Yeshua, that he, he will pull away from the crowds and slip away. I let, let, he slips away into the wilderness to pray. And when it all comes down to it, it's for the sake of those people too. That right. You are, <laughs> that you are recharged, that you're not, you know, that they're... <laughs> You're not pulling from you're an not empty burned place. Out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not doing them any good if you're all burned out and right. don't have anything to give. But yeah, he would go get refilled. And so he had something to offer. Amazing to thought, you know, that, that he, of all people, needed that connection to be restored. You, you almost would think that he would just have a, you know, unbroken, continual, you know, no need to pull away. But even him, and it seems to me that he, that this is called attention to in the Gospels just for us to realize that he is a human being needed this and we as human beings need this right. you know he's he's living this out so that we can look at him and go okay he's our example we were following his steps mm-hmm. Luke 9:18 and it happened that while he was praying alone the disciples were with him and he questioned them saying who do the people say that I am and so here we have this conversation with the disciples he's praying alone the disciples get brought into this conversation Luke 11:1 1, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So here we see Yeshua modeling prayer. You know, he's, he's actually praying, and Luke's the one gospel that actually points this out in this, and when he's teaching the Lord's Prayer, and the disciples say, teach us how to pray. We, we see that you, you have something special going on in your prayer life. <laughs> teach us how to pray. We want to know your secret. So then he, he gives them the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. 
Luke 3.21, Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass, the Yeshua also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. So I love these, these instances in Luke where he fills us in on this detail that it's while he's praying in the River Jordan mm-hmm. that the heavens open up. It's as if the heavens open in response to his prayer. Uh-huh. You know, God, he's opening up. God is opening up the heavens as Yeshua is praying. And so I just love that detail. You know, and so, and for us, you know, what are the things that happen that maybe we don't even see while we pray? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a, an amazing thought. You know, there's things that go on. There's things heavenly that go on while we pray. We may not even see them. Mm-hmm. And even in the transfiguration, it says the same thing. It says that while he was praying, he was transfigured before them. So as he's communicating with his father, there's this release of glory. There's this release of power in his life. And so I believe we can expect the same mm-hmm. as we set ourselves to prayer. It may not be dramatic every time, you know, and so we, we don't, you know, we don't want to set up ourselves to be, you know, like, oh, it's got to be lightning and, you know, it's got to be, you know, like this <laughs> dramatic experience every time we go to prayer. But it is a path that we put ourselves on of, of I believe, revelation. Mm-hmm. We want to grow in revelation of who our king is. Mm-hmm. And so by engaging in a lifestyle of prayer, we're kind of putting ourselves in that path. Mm-hmm. of growing in the knowledge of him. Mm-hmm. And this is the most exhilarating way to live is to grow in the knowledge of the one who created the universe. Uh-huh. He's the most fascinating of all of, you know, he made so many amazing things, but uh, so many amazing people, but he is the most, he's the center of it all. He's the most fascinating, the most engaging. And as we experience his emotions, as we experience his heart, it draws us in, draws us into that further relationship. Mm-hmm. We also have a verse here in Hebrews 5, 7. It says of Yeshua, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. So we know this is referring to Yeshua in the garden of Gethsemane. And he's crying out. There's a place to cry out to God, strong prayers. I think one translation says with vehement cries. He was not just passively, you know, just treating prayer as if it was a, a rote matter. You know, he was totally, his whole body, you know, I can just imagine was just enraptured and his whole body was engaged in praying, crying out to God. You know, he was, he was crying, he was sweating blood. Uh, this was a very intense thing to him and, uh, oh, that God would raise up more mm-hmm. men and women that would, even as Jacob would wrestle with God in prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a place to cry out. I mean, you know, especially when you see your culture around you going downhill at such a fast pace as ours is, there's a place to cry out to God, uh, to really beg him mm-hmm. to, to bring salvation, to bring mm-hmm. change. And I believe it's in that place that we will see it. We'll see things change. Yep. Yep. Not in talking a lot about it. <laughs> we, we have to cry out to God. We have to get him <laughs> involved. And that's that's so, so important. Mm -hmm. So uh, jumping in here, uh, the power of words, you know, we see that in James, James refers to our words as being like a rudder on a ship. You know, it's basically, it's this little piece, but it's directing the whole, this whole structure, this whole ship is being directed by this little rudder. So with our tongue, our lives are being directed by our tongue. And it's interesting even the Hebrew word for thing is davar. It's the same word for word. So God spoke words 
and created things. So in, in some small way, we created in the image of God, we speak forth, we can speak forth as the Proverbs say, either life or death. And so it's important for us as we speak, you know, prayer is about speaking. And, you know, as we speak to speak forth life, you know, to speak forth truth, to speak forth praise. And this is going to, if you start your day out that way, it's going to set that rudder into good waters. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to set it into that place of into the will of God. Mm-hmm. So it's so important. Yeah, that's good. I also just wanted to point out too, like this is something that I've been thinking about because uh, in my, with when I pray, <laughs> uh, I tend to kind of just whisper things a lot because a lot of times it's like I'm in bed or the children are, you know, asleep or something like that. And I find, uh, but I feel like God's really been putting on my heart recently, like the importance of him hearing your voice and actually using words, <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like more than just like a whisper or an utterance. I think there's a place for that for sure. But I think that there is a place too where he wants us to actually utter words, you know, like, yeah. and be, uh, use our voice, like that he wants to hear our voice. Right. So just the importance of that. Right. You know, and, and just on this topic of words, kind of setting the tone, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you can make a declaration, like even David said, I will love you, O Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a future tense, right? Mm-hmm. So you're setting that rudder into the water and saying, this is something I will do today. Mm-hmm. It's not a, if I will love you, Oh Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I believe we can learn from David, the power of our words. It's, it's setting, you know, you may, we may feel dry spiritually, but we can set that rudder into a path that leads to greater depth of relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I just encourage you wake up and, and make those declarations. This is not something that is, you know, just far out or out of reach for anybody. This is not something that, you know, you could only spiritual people pray. No, it's that every God desires everyone. It doesn't matter what your motivational giftings are. It doesn't matter what your personality type is. God (laughs) desires a relationship with everybody. And so if you can just settle that in your heart, he desires a relationship with you, then you can wake up and you can make these declarations and, and guide that ship, guide the ship of your life into a place of deeper and deeper fellowship, deeper and deeper love. And this is the path that I want to be on. This is the path that I, you know, we go through seasons in prayer. We go in through seasons in our relationship with God. Sometimes we feel closer. Sometimes we feel a little further away. But God desires that we would be on that path, though, of continued relationship, never giving up, but continuing on. So next here, uh, just relating to this idea of our mouths and how it's uh, connected to our even our actions it says in Ecclesiastes 5, 6, it says, do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin. And so here, here again, we see this connection of what you speak actually determining what your flesh will do. And this is very telling. You know, in our culture today, I remember hearing someone say that back in the 70s when there was like this cultural revolution of you know, free love, uh, drugs, all this stuff, that people were actually singing and talking about it before they did it. And so the point was, is that the Beatles come onto the scene, they're singing about all this stuff. And then if you sing about it and you speak about it, then you feel the liberty to go ahead and do it. You know, outside of singing and speaking about something, you're, you're cautious. You're, 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 you don't feel your flesh. It's a foreign thing. Yeah. You're, 
even your your body does not you know is uncomfortable going that direction Mm -hmm. but if you sing about it enough you talk about it enough watch it on tv watch it yeah watch it for sure (laughs) then you're going to become comfortable with it and then you're going to act on it so here we see ecclesiastes is saying don't let your mouth don't let the things you sing about don't let the things you talk about cause your flesh to sin Mm-hmm. You know, so important to watch what we say because that's what's going to determine where we go, even physically. You know, with our bodies, we're going. You know, going to a wrong place, going to a bad relationship. Let's watch our tongues because, as I mentioned before, in the power of our tongues is the power of life and death. We can go towards life, we can go in direction of life, or we can go in a direction of death. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we just finished uh, reading the Pilgrim's Progress recently, and uh, I thought. There's a lot of theological stuff at the end of the book. It's a very interesting read. But one of the things that he talks about at the end is the process of backsliding. And I thought it was really interesting. But he pointed out this whole concept. He says, well, first, he's, he's got all these, well, number one and number two. <laughs> <laughs> but this was a part of the steps was talking about it, talking about things, or not being careful with your mouth first. And then all of a sudden you're doing these things. And he just talked about the progression. When I was reading it, I was like, wow, that is true. Like, it does seem like that is the, the progression that it goes. So it is interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. And so we want to have our hearts full. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. So we want to have meditations that are good. So then we'll speak good things and our lives will line up with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all this. It is a progression. Like you're, yes. you're thinking about things, you speak things, and then you do things. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the general progression that human beings take. Mm-hmm. And so how important it is to be singing the word, to be speaking the word. And we're going to go in that way of, you know, as God says, choose life, mm-hmm. choose life for you and your descendants. As you do this, you're doing it not only for yourself, but for your descendants that come after you. And it's just how important that is. Mm-hmm. So going on in prayer, Luke 21, 36, uh, Yeshua speaks here, but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness and cares of this life and that day come on you unexpectedly for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the son of man how many of you out there want to stand before the son of man Mm -hmm. i mean what a thought to stand before him and yeshua is saying one of the ways that you're going to be found standing is by praying. You know, it's almost like he's giving a, uh, an option here of a way to go. You can either go the direction of carousing, drunkenness, cares of this life, being weighed down with these, these things, mm-hmm. or you can cast your cares upon God, be, be found in prayer, and, and then be found ready. But, you know, it's almost like our culture is almost pressing us into one of these two options. The mm-hmm. middle ground is growing more and more I don't know. What's the right word there? It's growing more and more. Uh, it's harder to stand on there. Yeah, hard, it's <laughs> hard, hard to, to stay there in that middle yeah. middle of the road place. Yeah. So, But may we be found in prayer that we could stand before him. You know, it's not an option. I don't believe it's, it's even an option to be found standing before him if we're not found in this place of watching in prayer. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's saying it here, you know, you need to watch and pray that you'd be found standing when he comes. Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So here at the conclusion of the armor of God, you know, he's calling us to prayer, you know, to be found praying. And uh, I love Paul. He says, I pray in the spirit more than you all, you know, speaking from what I understand of that Greek word where he says you all, 
He's saying more than all of you put together. You know, he's saying, <laughs> I pray in the spirit more than all of you put together. And so Paul, he was a man committed to prayer. And so he was praying in the spirit. He was just watching and waiting and looking to see what God was going to do. Revelation 5, 8. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And so this whole idea of the heavens opening when Yeshua is praying, you know, it's like his prayers are going up into heaven. And so for us as well, we may not see it. We don't see it, right? We don't see these golden bowls getting filled up in heaven, but yet they do. They, these prayers are going through heaven and they're filling up actual bowls that God is going to release for his purposes in the earth. And it's almost as if God is governing the earth through the prayers of his people. Mm-hmm. And you can even see hints of this, or you can see actual this played out through the lives of people in the Bible. You, know, you see God is releasing his judgment. You see his righteous judgments being released through people, as in Moses, you know, he lifts up his staff, and the judgment is released on Egypt. We see God's mercy extended. You know, our, our Abraham is asking for God's mercy in Abraham, right? Mm-hmm. He's saying, you know, almost like there's so much hinging on people. You can see this connection of people determining or even releasing mercy, releasing judgment. Uh And so we see this in the book of Revelation that people are going to be used to release God's will. It's not that God is just independently working with the earth apart from people. Mm -hmm. He's actually using the prayers of people. He's responding. Yeah, he's responding to the prayers of people. He's governing the earth, you could say, based on the prayers of his people. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's an amazing reality, you know. Uh, even as Psalm 115 says, "The earth He has given to the children of men." He He made Adam and Eve and said, "I'm giving you dominion over this this earth." He's given us the earth, and mm-hmm. so in some way, He's allowing He's given us that privilege to cooperate with Him in the affairs of the earth. Mm-hmm. And so it's an amazing relationship that we have with God mm-hmm. that we're we're called to prayer to, you know, to, you know, have relationship with God, but then out of that is birthed the state of affairs in the world, Uh how the world is, is, is coming, you know, how the world is either judged or shown mercy and these type of things. So, so here we see in revelation five, eight, the combination of the harp and the bowl. So the harp representing music. So they're, they're, they're obviously, you know, playing music in heaven. There's a lot of music. And then they have these golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers. And so we see this prayer and worship being together in heaven. Mm-hmm. And Yeshua said that we should pray that, that God's kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. So we see a model of how worship is going on in heaven. Mm-hmm. Then we can say, okay, well, that's something that Yeshua wants to be on earth. He wants this, the way worship is going on in heaven that's the way worship is going to be on earth. And that's what we're to pray, that worship will come to the earth in that same way. Mm-hmm. So we see this example. We can say, okay, well, let's combine worship and prayer mm-hmm. in, when we pray. Yeah. You know, let's have music be with our prayer. And this is a powerful, powerful thing when you combine those two. First mm-hmm. yep. Peter 4, 7, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be sober the word could also be translated self-controlled and watchful in your prayers. And this relates back to what Yeshua talked about. You know, he's saying 
if you're carousing, if you got drunkenness going on, if you're just partying all the time, then you're not going to, you're not using self-control and it's going to hinder your ability to be watchful in prayer. Mm -hmm. So Peter, he's, he's echoing this in a way. He's saying the end is near, you know, Yeshua is coming very quickly. If you're not careful, you're going to be sucked into the cares of this world, the carousing, the partying that's going on, and you're going to miss it. You're going to miss being ready. So he's saying you need to uh, be sober, be self-controlled, and self-control even has this element of go to bed on time so you can wake up to pray. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it has this element of live a self-controlled life, live in such a way that you're found ready, that you're, that you're not just haphazardly living. Mm -hmm. you know, be sober, be vigilant, uh, be, be self-controlled in your life so that you can have time in your day mm -hmm. for prayer. Because it's so critical that you be found ready. You you don't want to be found without oil in your lap, right? You don't want to be found totally caught off guard. You want to be found watching. And this is the call. This is the the call of the bride, really, to be found ready when he comes. Um, you know, Tally, when you were getting ready for the wedding, you wanted to be ready, right? You yeah. you you wanted to be found, you know, expectant and ready. I wanted to talk to you a lot. So right. I could know everything that I had to do to, <laughs> to get ready for the wedding. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I love the, the picture of being uh, watchful in your prayers because, you know, the, the idea of prayer, it's not just unloading on God. It's, um, it helps us so that we can see better and it helps us to, uh, so that we can, so that we can hear better, you know, so that we can see God moving. Uh, it helps us to stay connected with the, the heavenly realm, with, with what God, how God is moving in the earth. And so I love that, the, the watchfulness of, of praying, like the, the watchfulness that comes with that. And I think that that's, that is, that's how we, that's how we get to that place. How, you know, cause it's like, um, you know, as a, as a mother, it's not like I, I spent, I don't spend loads of time in, in prayer by myself, uh, but I know that as I, as I do pray, it, it gives me that connection and I feel like the father speaks to me through the day and, uh, it's not always in a quiet place or in an alone time or anything like that. I, I mean, he does that as well, but, um, but it helps, um, make me more watchful throughout the day when I have that continual reminder of, of I'm living for the glory of God right now. Um, I have, I have to be aware of his presence that this is, this is why I'm here on this earth is because of, of him. And so uh, I think that prayer helps us remain in that place to be watchful. What are you doing? What are you showing me? How can I serve you today? Yeah. Amen. So closing out Revelation 22, 17, and the spirit and the bride say, come and let him who hears say, come and let him who thirsts come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. And so here just pointing out that Yeshua is coming in response to prayer. This should put a big underlying exclamation mark at the, <laughs> at the, on the subject of prayer. He's going to come in response to his people crying out in prayer to him. Mm -hmm. And so may we be fervent. May we be those that are looking for him, that want to be found ready, that have our garments without spot or wrinkle mm -hmm. as we're just being washed with the word, engaging with the word. May we be found ready. Amen. 
This is Brayden and Tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He is coming quickly.